Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Paris calling from Nairobi, Kenya. I love your show and it's very, very insightful. Now, my question is on DocuSign, ticker symbol D-O-C-U. And provides unbiased answers. DocuSign, D-O-C-U is a symbol. I don't think you should buy, sell, hold DocuSign based on people going back to the office. Why? Invest Talk. Over 36 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, November tenth, two thousand twenty-one, and I'm certainly, I'm certain that you saw the news reports today. I know you saw the market. Inflation was the uh, story of the day, uh, and you know a lot of people were concerned about it. Funny that the Fed doesn't seem to be too concerned about it, but we'll talk about that in more detail later on the show. So, our concern is building your portfolio. Don't panic. Don't rush out of the market. Don't rush into the market. Don't be. Don't fall victim to fear and greed. Just stay calm and we'll get you there. And, of course, you want answers to all your questions. Any questions you might have, I would love to hear them. I really do enjoy answering your questions. And be assured that your questions will help many others who may be in a similar place as they work to build their, their own comfortable financial future, whatever that will be. So on today's program and podcast, we will operate with the mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And we, that means we will give you facts uh, as, and we give it to you without any bias. We don't have any point of view to sell you. We're not, you know, trying, you know, wall street, if you get, if you got to step back every so often and understand that wall street operates just like any other business on profits. So how do they make profits? They make you buy and sell stocks, buy and sell bonds. Uh, that, how do you think they do that? They, they, they tell you how great it is, how wonderful it is, or how bad it is. Any way to get you to listen and participate. Well, we're going to do it without bias. That's just the way it is. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your questions, any financial questions. Uh, And the show is live. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. You get to shape the show in any direction you want. And, you know, you can call now. And if if you can't call while we're live, you still can call. Leave the question. We'll answer it on the next show. And the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's go ahead and go to our first listen line question. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Dylan from New York again. Uh, today I'm calling about ticker BGSV, Big Five Sporting Goods. Uh, I've been looking at this stock for the last week or so. It's been gaining some traction. People have been talking about it online because of its high short interest. It had some crazy price action today. It went all the way up to $42 today, and now it's currently back down at 30 the company actually announced that they're doing a special dividend, a dollar per share. 
The ex-dividend date is November 16th. I was wondering if you think the stock is worth holding on to through that ex-dividend date, or if you think that the price action is getting a little too crazy and you might want to stay away from this battleground. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the knowledge, as always. Okay. Big Five Sporting Goods Store operates 430 athletic apparel and outdoor equipment stores in 11 states. They're big out here on the West. It's an $860 million company, so it's pretty small, pretty small, even though it has 430 stores. They're going to make $4.28 this year. That's twice what they made last year, $2.33. Next year, they're going to make $3.12. So I think most of the run is already built into the stock. It's a $38 stock. going to make $3.12, meaning that the PE is, you know, 11, 12-ish. Uh, now, if the range of the P is so hard, it's, it's it's so wide, it's you can't really use it. One to eighty-one, you really can't. So, if you gave it a normal PE of maybe fifteen, then you could argue that the suck is going to go to about forty-five, forty-six dollars, and it's underpriced. Uh, the problem is their sales are erratic. The most recent quarter sales fell five percent. Before that, they were growing for four quarters in a row. Before that, they were shrinking for three quarters in a row. So it's difficult. Difficult. I personally feel that there's not there's not enough catalyst or not enough interest or not some there's nothing to drive me to say oh this is a great company let's buy it. They don't have hardly any debt. That's good. And owner management owns eight percent. That's good too. Mutual funds have increased dramatically in the last year. Those are all good positive signs. But I just don't know how much further it can run. My focus point today concerns a story behind the headlines. Wholesale prices rose 8.6% year-over-year in October. That's tied for the highest level ever. Talking about inflation, everybody. Inflation. And I, you, know, we, you, you know I've talked about it many times. I'm sure Justin's talked about it many times. I've heard him talk about it on the show. And I know that I have told you that inflation is a problem and it's going to continue to be a problem. And so far it has. Um, I still think we're not out of the, we're not out of this problem. It may have peaked, but it peaked at, it's going to, I think it's going to stay at an elevated level into next year. Easy into next year. The Fed doesn't seem to be worried about it. I'm a bit concerned. But we'll talk about it in more details. Other topics I want to discuss. How about uh, the new, the new? We we just passed an infrastructure bill, right? Now there's a new bill, which is one something trillion. I don't know exactly what it was. Now there's a new bill through that there the Congress is faced called facing called Build Back Better for one and a one point eight five trillion more dollars. What I want to talk about is. The changes that bill makes to your taxes, and the specifically the changes it makes for IRAs and Roth IRAs. So I think you need to be aware of what's in there. I don't know if it'll survive once the bill actually gets through, but you know they're talking about how they're going to tax the wealthy, and that's really not true. They tax high income earners. The wealthy don't make income, as we all know. But we'll talk about that. Um, is the EV, electric vehicle craze, eco-friendly in Europe, in the EU? Remember, everybody's, we're gonna, no matter what, we're on a trajectory to have lots more electric vehicles. 
But is it less polluting than normal gasoline cars in the EU? Got some interesting facts uh, where, you know, some, yeah, greatly, yes. But some some countries, no. So we're going to talk about that. And finally, um, did you see Disney's earnings? I want to talk about Disney. Disney has, you know, what, three segments. They have the theme parks, the ESPN TV stuff. They have uh, uh, movies and, and, you know, Disney Plus, four, four or five segments that earn money. So we'll, we'll discuss that in some, in some more details if we can get to it. The market itself had a pretty pretty tough day today. The, the Dow was down 240. The NASDAQ is where the, the pain happened, down 264 points. And then the SP down 39 points. To give you a little bit of scale, the NASDAQ was down 1.6 six percent while the Dow is down 0.66 percent so the NASDAQ was down one percentage point more than the Dow and the S&P was down 0.82 percent versus 1.6 for the NASDAQ so the S&P was down half as much as the NASDAQ so the NASDAQ led the way usually that is what occurs NASDAQ generally leads down and generally leads up generally leads up and generally leads down this is invest talk we're headed into a quick break john from santa cruz hang on you will be next for everyone else if you want to put your questions into the mix 888-99-CHART have a trust or a will? You should. Whether you're young or older, without the proper instrument in place, your accumulated wealth is at risk if you become incapacitated or worse. Like many investors, you'll have questions about how best to create your will and trust. Tomorrow, November 11th, Justin Klein will play a special will and trust expert interview segment on InvestTalk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your finance and investment questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. Hi, John. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Good. So I wanted to ask you about uh, farmland. Uh, uh, There's a couple of REITs. Uh, One is land the other is F as in Frank, P-I, uh-huh. and I wonder if this would be a, a good thing to invest in, um, and uh, of these two REITs, which would you recommend if you were going to recommend either okay. of them? Or, okay. Yeah. Well, far, the good thing about farmland is it's not going anywhere. It's always going to have value. You know, those are yeah, those are obvious. So... Uh, FPI is Farmland Partners Inc. Uh, REIT holding high quality prime, primary 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 grow crop farms with 155,000 acres in 16 states, and they make good money. They've always made money. It varies, of course, based on the value of the crops. Land, I think, is a better company, a better ETF. REIT that owns 137 farms, leads to 81 separate corporate and independent farmer tenants in Arizona, California. Uh, 
it's an eight hundred billion dollar size company, but it, so it's not big. But their their sales have been growing for two years every quarter. The most recent quarter, forty percent. Whereas the other one, their sales have been shrinking every quarter for two years. So if I'm given a choice, I want land, L-A-N-D. Now, there's a $25 stock. They're going to make $0.73 cents a share next year. Their earnings have been pretty consistently rising slowly. Okay, so you're not going to get some huge benefit. The, the yield is 2.1%. You're not going to get a huge benefit from growth. You're not. But at least on land, you have the prospect of growth, whereas the other one, they doesn't look like it. Funds have been net sellers of the of these. Management owns 9% of land, so that's a good thing. So uh, I, I would pick land if I, if I was going to invest in these, but I don't think I would because I just don't think there's a the dividend is not high enough for me to feel attracted to it. Even though it's a REIT and it should be paying ninety, it has to pay ninety percent of its earnings in form of dividend. John, appreciate the call. Thank you, Tim in Washington State. Hi, Tim. Hi, Steve. Has a question on um, the consumer price index. Uh, I I kind of been paying more attention to this stuff over the past year, um, especially since had a little bit of education from you guys and. Um, I'm just curious, um, so the uh, CPI comes out, and it's a little bit hot, and, um, and, and then people start dumping stocks. And I, I just, I don't understand, I mean, I, I understand that it's going to be increased inflation and stuff, but who is out there dumping all the stocks when, when a number comes out like that? Most of the time, it's the retailer, retail customers, not the institutional investors. They don't, they don't dump like that. Don't mean, don't get me wrong. They panic like other people, but just based on this inflation number this morning, it was primarily driven by, you know, the individual investors, not the institutions, uh, because you know the institutions really work hard not to be swayed by any one stat that comes out even though they are worried about inflation they're worried about inflation more than the federal reserve is but that's not who was pushing stocks down today i noticed the tech stocks got hurt way worse than everybody else and that was because you know i saw profits being taken for people who had a really good run so i think that's what you're looking at thanks for the call tim appreciate it Well, we are off to a pretty good start. My phone lines are open. Join in the conversation, 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Talk. Time is getting closer. The free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World, Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. It's free, but you have to register in advance. Go to investtalk.com, click on the register button. 
Now, Steve and Justin are taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Let's go to James in New York. Wants to talk about 401ks. James. Yes, good evening. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you for the call. So um, I'd like to kind of piggyback off of a question a gentleman asked about a month ago. And the question was, um, he was asking about, uh, speaking about how his 401k contributions were not happening every pay period, but they were happening on like a monthly basis. And your response to that was that it's wrong. I was just hoping to see if you could maybe emphasize on that answer. It's wrong. How wrong is it? What does that mean? Is it? Well, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Illegal? No, it's not illegal. It's what it is possible, but very remotely possible. It could be okay, but when you put in a percentage of your payroll to be taken, which is whatever it is, okay, then an employer matches. That is, I, I've never heard it not be based on whatever pay period you're on. If you're on a weekly pay period or biweekly or monthly. For it to skip a weekly pay period and be once a month, that's possible. It could be set up that way, but I've never heard anybody do it. Therefore, I think he needs to check into it. Are they taking, if he says he wanted to put 10%, are they taking 10% of that pay period for two weeks or 10% for the whole four weeks, but they're only taking it every other paycheck? It doesn't sound right. It does not sound right to me. So, therefore, you need to check it. But as far as being illegal, no, it just got to be wrong, you know, but you just got to fix it. Now, I don't, the employer, you know, may have to owe back contributions. That's possible if they, you know, if they're supposed to contribute, you know, 4% of pay period. But again, you know, we're, from my point of view, I don't know what exactly their, their, that benefit to them on the 401k actually specifies, but I've and I've been doing this for years and years and years, you know, and I and I do it for my own employees, and I in the past have sold 401ks, so I know what they how they how they're structured, and it just sounded wrong to me. Okay, James, thanks for the call. Thank you. Appreciate the call. I really do. Yeah, so just check to make sure you should always verify. I mean, I, I have a fairly new employee, went on our 401k plan uh, last week, uh, and, you know, they took the money out, and I, my, I matched, but it didn't show up in his paycheck 401k plan. Didn't show up. So the money's floating around somewhere. That's what I mean. You got to check to make sure once it's up and running and, you know, there's no glitches, you're fine. But, you know, the, especially initially, you got to really make sure it's done and set up correct. My focus point today concerns a story, a headline, wholesale prices rose 8.6% year over year in October, tied for the highest ever. Okay, so that's our talking point or my focus point. Well, I let, Let's give you some inflation numbers, okay, that came out. The last couple of days. Okay, for the CPI, which is a com- consumer price index, which is what inflation is at our level when we go buy stuff, 
It reported this morning up nine-tenths of 1%. It was expected to be up six-tenths. That's what the expert says it was going to be. They only missed it by 50%. And it was four-tenths the month before. Core, core, that means core CPI, meaning taking away, uh, you know, transportation, gasoline transportation cost, was up six-tenths. It was expected to be up four-tenths, another 50% loss. And it was up two-tenths the month before. That's 300% higher, two-tenths to six-tenths. That was kind of shocking. No one expected it to be that high. Now, PPI, which is a producer price index, came out yesterday. That's from a wholesale lever when the producer is making things and selling it to us. Uh, what does he pay for costs, input costs to him? You know, buying stuff, selling, you know, the products. Uh, that was up six tenths of percent. It was expected to be six tenths of percent. It was up five tenths of percent the month before. So it really didn't change a lot. But both numbers are kind of inflated. Now, if you figure out a, on a year-to-year basis, I mean, that's what that's what six over six percent, closer to almost close to seven percent, six and a half seven percent. So. That is a 31-year high. We haven't seen this kind of inflation before. Now, the worry is not necessarily inflation. Corporate, corporate, earnings, corporate earnings will stay ahead of inflation. The worry is wages. If you get in a cycle of wages and consumer prices going up in tandem, one after the other after the other, that's, that's a cycle would be very, very bad. From time to time here on Invest Talk, we talk about how your retirement savings goals may com- compare with other Americans. But when it comes to retirement savings, preparedness, and lifestyles, do you ever wonder how American companies, how, how America compares with other countries? So let's go to break. Here's my trivia question. Of the 44 countries evaluated in the 2021 Global Retirement Index, what rank do you think America is? We'll have it next. After this break, I will give the answer, I promise. 888-99-CHART, give me a call. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C 
K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. got a portfolio to grow and protect so get your finance and investment questions together and call steve peasley and justin klein they're ready with their unbiased answers invest talk 888-99-CHART 888-99-CHART that's our number everybody give me a call i had a trivia question before the break and it was of the 44 countries evaluated in the 2021 global retirement index what rank do you think America earned? Well, where we were, were we first, last, or somewhere in between? So, what was it? Now, the problem with this is, I, I need to talk. A lot of these rankings, everybody, the devil is in that details. How do they rank you? What are they ranking? Okay, there's for this one. There's four areas. Okay, four areas that they how they rank those. Uh, country. So the first area is finances and retirement. Measures a retirees access to quality financial services to help preserve savings value and maximum income. What does that mean? Quality financial services. Access to quality finance. See how soft that could be? You don't you got what's the definition of that? And then the other one is health. Health. The material means to live comfortably. Okay, I'm sorry, that's that's well-being. Measures access to the quality of health services taken into account, life expectancy, health expenditures, per capita, non-insured health expenditures. So are you saying then countries with national health programs are would be rated higher? I don't know. How do they, again, how do they measure that? They're not specific. Material well-being. The material means to living comfortably in retirement, including income per capita, unemployment, and income equality. Okay, see, so then quality of life measures, cleanliness, safety of an environment, on and on. So those are four things that, kind to me, I, it, it's kind of hard. You, I need details on whether or not this is worth anything. So what are the top countries? Iceland is number one. Okay. Okay. Do you want to live in Iceland? The best countries to for retirement. Iceland leads a group of 18 European countries that rank in the top 25. Switzerland is the second best. Then followed by Norway Ireland and the Netherlands, New Zealand, Australia, and Canada are the only European nations, non-European nations, considered among the top 10. So where does the U.S. fall? We're number 17, followed by the U.K. at 18. To give you a little perspective, the Czech Republic is number 14. So I think 
I would need to know how, the rankings. Uh, uh, would you want to live in Iceland, by the way? They're number one. Hmm? <laughs> I don't, how, how comfortable is that? They're talking about the comfortable and quality of life factors. In Iceland? I mean, Iceland's a great place to visit, but I don't know if I want to live there. It's super cold. Anyway, let's go to Bennett in Atlanta. Bennett. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, I was just um, looking at EPAM. Um, I'm a pretty young investor, so I brought just one share um, a couple months ago at around 350 and obviously it's ran up to 650 and I was going to hey. hold it long term, but it's pretty much doubled, so I'm just trying to see what your thoughts are, if I should just sell that share or if I should just hold on forever. Okay, let's take a look at it. It's, it's EPAM Systems, Inc., You've done very well, so congratulations on that. $38 billion company, so it's big. Provide a provider of outsourced IT and lifecycle software developed services such as design, prototyping, testing. Uh, earnings are very strong. Uh, they were eight, they're going to be eight seventy five dollars this year. They were six thirty five dollars last year. Next year, they're going to be $11.10. So that's 38% growth this year, another 27% growth next year on earnings alone. Sales, the most recent quarter, the one just ended, 52% growth. That's huge. Before that was 39%, then 20 then 14 So it's accelerating its growth, and that's why you got this great return. Now, it's a $674 stock, going to make $11. Okay, so that's what, 60-something PE? That tells you it's expensive, but... Bennett, companies that grow really fast or accelerating their growth usually are very expensive. They have a great return on equity, 21%. Cash flow is very strong. Management owns 4%. Mutual funds uh, went from 1,200 to 1,500 in a year, 300 more mutual funds participating. And funds own 63% of the company. So it's on a tear, and I think you hold on to it and maybe have a... uh, have a trailing stop. You know what a trailing stop is, Bennett? Can you explain it? Yeah. Well, I would draw a trend line. For this one, I would draw a trend, upward facing trend line from the like from the lows that just recently. Okay, draw a straight line from the lows of recent movement up. And it's going to be pretty steep. If it breaks below that, that's a trend line break, and then I would take some profits then. I don't know if I get rid of it, but I certainly, if you doubled your money, I'd probably cut back, diversify a little bit. Okay? Bennett, thanks for the call. Congratulations. Really, did a really good job on that pick. You know, that, that's nice. Okay, um, the new uh, Build Back Better uh, spending package, $1.85 billion in front of Congress right now, ha- you know, they're, they're, they're trying to figure a way to pay for the extra spending. And the part that I wanted to talk about was what the changes that they're going to make to IRAs, Roth IRAs, and backdooring Roth IRAs. You know, what that means is if you have an IRA, you can roll that all into a Roth IRA. Okay, you can roll that into a Roth IRA, 100%. If you had $100,000 in IRA, you could roll it into a Roth IRA. You'd have to pay your taxes on it, income taxes, but then you could have that much money in a Roth if you want to. The problem with that is, you know, um, they're making changes to that. Um, 
No Roth conversions with individuals who who have taxable income greater than four hundred thousand. That's how it stands now. So you can't do it if you have income more than four hundred thousand. Okay, so that's how it stands now. They're going to change that down to three hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Generally, that's how this goes. By the way, um, anyone with more than ten million dollars in combined retirement accounts would have to take a 50%, would have to take out 50% to pay taxes. Now, in other words, you can't have a huge IRA. You're probably asking, well, how does someone get $10 million? You know how you do it? You bought, you, you bought stock in your startup company and put it in your IRA. So your cost basis, then you went public with that company and the shares are in there and you made a killing. That that's not un, unusual in the Silicon Valley area. Okay, so that is possible, just not not very common. I just don't like the change in the backdooring of Roth uh, regular IRAs into Roth IRAs because I know that this is just the beginning of negotiations, and this is only one part. I don't know what the other parts are, you know, of tax increases. That's basically what this is. They're trying to increase taxes to pay for this bill or pay for partial of the bill. So I just thought I'd let you know that, you know, if you wanted to do a Roth conversion, you might want to do it this year. Because most times these things are not ret- retroactive. So if you did it this year, if you were thinking about it, this is the year to do it. In case they change the laws next year. Okay. This is Invest Talk. We love live calls. We really appreciate them. And your voicemail questions are also appreciated, so don't think they're not. So let's play one now. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Paris calling from Nairobi, Kenya. I love your show, and it's very, very insightful. Now, my question is on DocuSign, ticker symbol D-O-C-U. I have been buying this stock for a while, and it has worked well for me. But now that people are going back to the office, I wonder if it's a stock that I should continue buying, hold, or sell. I would really like to hear your opinion about this. Thank you once more. I love your show very much. This is Paris calling from Nairobi, Kenya. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's kind of interesting from Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya. DocuSign, D-O-C-U is the symbol. I don't think you should... Buy, sell, hold DocuSign based on people going back to the office. Why? Because the DocuSign documents, the, the process of getting things signed, I think it's here and going to continue to grow no matter if you go back to the office or not. We use it extensively in our office and always have even before, you know, uh, COVID thing. So it, I think it's... You know, this is where you get to sign documents, you know, online. So you don't have to be there and sign paper documents. And this is a this is a trend that's going to just expand, keep expanding. Now, as far as how valuable this is the stock, this stock has done very, very well. It's $255 stock, and they're going to make $1.75 a share this year and $2.29 a share next year. This year, earnings are almost doubled. Next year, it's going to go up 31%. Sales growth are over 50% every quarter for the last four quarters in a row. Okay? That's why the stock is so expensive. So it's going to be 200. So we're talking about 105, 107 PE. Okay? Return on equity is really high at 42%. 
And the five-year PE range is 150 to 3,000. So I'm thinking you stay with it at this point because of the huge growth potential it still has. That's my opinion. I, one thing I don't like about it is there's lots of debt. And hopefully they'll reduce that debt somehow. I don't know what that debt comprises of, but they do have a lot of debt. Okay, but I think I would stay with it personally. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. On almost every podcast, I like to reserve a minute or so to remind listeners about the benefits of Justin Klein and, and I can offer you, our clients, here at KPP Financial. We are based in Irvine, California. That's between L.A. and San Diego County. Um, it's in Orange County. Here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with several philosophies, independent thinking, shared success. We also operate with uh, with parallel investing, meaning we invest our funds right alongside our clients. We want the same performance for ourselves as we do for our clients. So we do that as, as a pretty consistent basis. I'm always 100% that way. Um, we implement strategies based on your needs. We have various strategies from very risky to very non-risky. So it depends on you. We have five different strategies. It depends on you and your risk tolerance. How risky do you want to be? So you know, we discuss what risk is and what that means in real dollars and cents and you know what it entails when the market goes up and down. We, we give you that information. So, so we'd love to take a look at your portfolio. If you just need help with it, we'll help you with it. If you want to consider our services, we'd be love to do that, but you don't have to. We'll take a look at your portfolio for nothing, and that's fine. We'll give you our opinion, and there you go. It's up to you. So, remember, there's no obligation ever. So give us a call in our urban office. Send us an email using investtalk.com. Contact us, buttons. Uh, send me an email. I mean, there's many ways to get a hold of us. Love to talk to you. Okay. We have a listener in Southern uh, South Carolina. If you all hang on, you'll be next. The inflation we are now experiencing in 2021 is disturbing and eerily reminiscent of what we went through in the 1970s. So, with inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World. This important online event is hosted by InvestTalk's Justin Klein and Steve Peasley, and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. At this InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, you'll learn about the historical precedents for inflationary periods, how various asset classes perform in rising price environments, and the best opportunities for investment when interest rates rise. The InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, is free, but you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. Hi, this is Richard from South Carolina. I was calling about Ennis Business Forms, EBF. I want to see if you think the uh, dividend is safe. I bought it back in December at 16 and some change. 
and have been enjoying that five percent dividend since. Although it's not exciting, it looks like it's still, um, it's been around for a long time. Just want to get y'all's thoughts on it. Thanks. Have a good oh. day. Okay, NS Inc. Symbol E B F manufactures customized business forms, promotional media, and financial forms, and also active wear apparel. That's so weird. (laughs) Okay, that's an odd thing. Now, they have been very steady about their earnings. Earnings have been very consistent over the years. Sales have been kind of up and down, up and down, but earnings have been pretty steady, and they pay a 5% dividend. It's a very small company, $519 million, that tells me usually those kinds of companies are not that stable, but this one has been very stable. So uh, without me getting more detailed into it, it's never going to get above about $22 a share, and it's at nineteen eighty-eight. So you got to live on the dividend. So uh, it's not exciting for me, but they, the income has been steady for years. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our goal will continue right after this break. So give me a call. Any question that's financial, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hello, I'm calling in regards to Desktop Metal, Inc., ticker symbol DM. I know you guys typically say don't buy companies that don't make money. Uh, right now, they're set to lose 22 cents this year, but... Looks like they're going to be profitable by 2024. Just curious, your thoughts on this company? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Desktop Metals DM designs and manufactures 3D printers for the automotive, aerospace, and medical sectors. Sales growth is, has really taken off recently. 19 million uh, in the recent quarter. The, a year ago, that's up uh, 767%. It was 2.4 million. Okay, so all of a sudden, they're starting selling their products, and they've lost money every year they've been in business. The thing that I was looking at that concerns me, managing those 12%, that does not concern me. That's very good. But the thing that does concern me is desktop metal drops as company says investigating whistleblower complaint. I want to know what that whistleblower complaint is all about. What are they talking about? Uh, meanwhile, the sales are really good. Uh, it's a very small company. Well, no, it's not that small. $2.1 billion. It's just very small in sales, okay, which you know needs to really dramatically improve, and that seems to be where the direction they're going to. It would not be for me because you know me. I want a company that makes money, and this one doesn't, won't for this year and maybe probably not next year either. Okay, that was DM, Desktop Metal. Let's go to Brent in Burlingame. How you doing, Brent? Hey, Steve. I'm I'm thinking about buying some AT and T. I'm wondering. It seems like it's kind of down, and trying to find a point where it might might be attractive. Yeah, well, it is definitely down. Ever since they sold Time Warner, and everybody knows that their dividend is going to be probably cut in half, meaning it's going to go from eight to four percent. 
the stock has been selling off is now at uh, $24 and 95 cents. And, uh, did it, what did it do today? I know during intraday it was doing well. Yeah, it was up today about 1%. So I had a good day today and on a, and that was on a bad day. So I, I think we might be putting, is maybe putting in a bottom now. So I think, pretty close, huh? I yeah, know I, I, I know they're, yeah. they're going to be investing a lot in fiber. Um, yeah. Exactly. You know, that seems to be a big thing, and I'm hoping that that's going to maybe bring in some cabbage. Yeah, I think so. I like the fact they're going to spend a lot of money on the 5G, improve their service. That's what they've said they were going to do. Meanwhile, you get 4%. I have a feeling that we're really close to the bottom of this. because, But, it's you know, you might want to wait a few days and make sure that that bottom is in. Okay? AT&T, everybody, T is the symbol. Okay? Um. You know, we're in the middle of or the beginning of an electric vehicle earthquake of sales, right? I mean, there's a huge changing aspects of the automobile industry. And the one thing you heard me complain about is where we, how are we going to get the electricity to power all these cars? That's the biggest issue I, I brought up that I think that no one's even talking about. But is the EV, electric vehicle, eco-friendly in Europe? And why am I bringing up Europe? Because of specific reason. It all depends on how the country powers its electric grid. For instance, Poland, they're going to, if they switch to all electric vehicles, they would produce more pollution than electric vehicles saved. Because they power their generation, their, the, how they power their electric grid is almost all coal. And coal is very dirty. So there are certain countries that it won't do much, but they're far and few between. There's a lot more countries where they'll do great. For instance, Switzerland doesn't power any of its grid by coal. So it's 100%, 100% improvement there. Norway, 98%. Uh, France, 96, because they have a ton of uh, nuclear power plants in France. So it depends. If you have a very dirty electric grid generation, you got a problem. Electric vehicles are not going to save pollution. So that's... Anyway. Independent thinking, share success. This is Best Talk, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. 
And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-7262. 